So the story of Moses, the story, the whole story of Exodus, one of the earlier books in the Bible actually, is a phenomenal one. The biggest showdown in the whole of the Old Testament. This invisible God, this story is about to say, this invisible God, Yahweh, our creator God, is about to be, is about to break out and be seen through his people. That's the story of Exodus. And so that's why we're going to be looking at the Ten Commandments over the next ten or so weeks. In a world where the Beatles are Googled more than Jesus, God wants to be seen through his people, the church. In a world which still echoes Psalm 42, 10, where David says, My foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, Where is your God? Jesus wants to be seen through you and me, Jubilee. Do you hear that? So let's go. Let's get into the passage, shall we? Deuteronomy 4, verse 1 and then 6 to 14. Now Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go in and take the possession, take possession of the land the Lord, the God of your ancestors is giving you. Observe them carefully, for this will show your wisdom and understanding to the nations who will hear about all these decrees and say, surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. What other nation is so great to have their gods near them the way the Lord God is near us whenever we pray to him? And what other nation is so great as to have such righteous decrees and laws as this body of laws I am setting before you today? Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade away from your heart as long as you live. Teach them to your children and to their children after them. Remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb or Mount Sinai, when he said to me, assemble the people before me to hear my words so that they may learn to revere me as long as they live in the land and may teach them to their children. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while it blazed with fire to the very heavens with black clouds and deep darkness. Then the Lord spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words but saw no form. There was only a voice. He declared to you his covenant, his agreement, his promise, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to follow, and then wrote them on two stone tablets. And the Lord directed me at that time to teach you the decrees and laws you are to follow in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for that passage. I thank you, Lord, for the whole historic book of Exodus. I thank you, Lord, that your story is moving on and on and on. And I thank you we have the privilege to go back because you are an ageless, timeless, never-changing, uh, always the same God. And that we, the God we read about in the Old Testament is the God we worship now, the Jesus we love, the Jesus who died for us. And so we pray that over the next few weeks as we look at your word, we look at 
your God-breathed word. I pray that you will challenge us. I pray that you will um, uh, point out things in our lives that you want to touch. I pray, Lord God, that you will give us your spirit so that we can move deeper and deeper into your presence, deeper and deeper into your purpose, deeper and deeper into your ways. Help us, Spirit of God, this morning. Be with us, Spirit of God, this morning as I unpack uh, your word and also as we listen, as we hear and as we take it in. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So, as an overview, really, I want to dispel just a few myths about the Ten Commandments. There's a whole thing, a whole load of things that you could write about the Ten Commandments as an introduction. But I just want to dispel, really, three things about them. And I'm going to hang those on three headings. Firstly, the commandments, the Ten Commandments, are about intimacy with God, not just rules and regulations. Secondly, the Ten Commandments are about freedom in God. They don't hold us captive. And thirdly, the Ten Commandments are about the very heart of God. Intimacy, freedom, and heart. That's where we're going to go this morning. So firstly, the Ten Commandments are about intimacy with God. Now, most people who read the Ten Commandments don't like being told what to do, do they? I don't. It's in our very nature to react to them. They seem as rules and reg- they seem like they're, fr- they're like rules and regulations from a grumpy old man in the sky with a long beard and a cane waiting to get you. Step out of line and you've had it. Or a boss, if you like, uh, or a boss if who if everything is going well you're okay, but one mistake, one foot drop, you're out, you're fired. Alan Sugar. These commands to many people have become the scale to get into God's good books, to get into heaven, to earn his love and compassion and provision. Whether you know it or not, there's a bit or a lot of that in all of us. The freely given, undeserved grace of God is actually something that offends us. And the difficulty is this. When you look at God's law like this, you either get crushed by it because you just can't keep up, or you get big-headed and proud and start looking down on others. Seeing God's law in this way doesn't change us from our very hearts for the good. It breaks us. It creates either Pharisees, which Jesus was always having a go at, or wet, condemned, pointless Christians. And you know what? Neither are of any use in the kingdom plans of God. (coughs) So here in Deuteronomy, God wants to shatter those ideas right from the very start. So see verse 10, it says, Remember, remember the day you stood before the Lord your God at Horeb, when he said to me, Assemble the people before me to hear my words, uh, so that they may learn to revere me, as long as they live. Remember. What's he saying? He's saying, do you remember how all this happened? This was a pinnacle moment in the people of God as they stood before the living God. Remember. Do you remember how it all happened? Because remembering how this happened actually is very important. You see, when you get the sequence of, uh, the sequence of events right, you'll get why God has given the people of God, these commandments. It's actually not what you think they're about. 
That's what God is saying. When God met them at Horeb or Mount Sinai and gave them the Ten Commandments on blocks of stone, what happened before all of that? Can you remember? Well, he raised the most unlikely man called Moses. It was great. He was old, but it was great. It was great praying the other night for the older members of our congregation. I just felt God say, let's pray for the 50s plus. And we prayed really prophetically over these guys, encouraging them. Because actually, you guys are very important in Jubilee Church. You're essential for, um, for what God is doing here. But that's aside. He raised the most unlikely older guy called Moses, shaped him and molded him for 40 years before he did anything. Brought down, he brought down, God brought down Pharaoh with plagues and whatnot. You've seen the films, you've read the book. He protected them from the angel of death as he passed over their blood-marked uh, doorposts. He led them out of slavery through the amazing parting of the Red Sea. Amazing, mind-blowing, miraculous stories. But hear this. They hadn't done anything by then to deserve any of this when they came to the Mount Horeb. This was all before the law and the Ten Commandments. They didn't have to earn any of this. God rescued them. This was an avalanche of grace before he gave them any commandments. God didn't actually say while they were stuck in Egypt under the tyranny of Pharaoh, he didn't say, here's the law, obey it, and then and only then will I serve you didn't say that. That's not what happened. Rather, he set his love on them, his children unconditionally. He pulled them out first. He delivered them. And then he sat down with them and said, now, because I want to be your God and I want you to be my people, because I want you to grow and your life to blossom, because I want you to be everything you were created to be, I want to, because I want to set up a life and a relationship of intimacy and closeness, he is the law of God. Very different. That's what he wanted them to see. That's what he wanted them to, them to get into their minds and soul right from the beginning. God is a God of irresistible grace. The word Torah, uh, which is the basic Hebrew word for the law, actually translates to instruction, and it's instruction between a father and his son. Its purpose is to bring maturity and growth through a relationship of intimacy and love and longing and closeness. That is the radical nature of our Christian God, isn't it, Jubilee? He's our holy, holy, holy Father. Abba says here, the Lord your God. Beautiful words describing God in ways which many other uh, people would find offensive. In John 14, 21 to 22, Jesus says, He who has my word and obeys my word, my Father and I will come to him and we will manifest ourselves with him. What a promise. How do you see the law of God? How do you see the Sermon on the Mount? Is Christianity just a straitjacket holding you in? A measuring sheet to track how much God owes you? Or is it, a light, or is it life-giving? Is it intimacy-growing? Is it building your closeness 
and love for God more and more and more, is it? Because let me tell you, those two different things, uh, uh, one of those things that we talked about is not Christianity at all. The rules and regulations, non-grace side of uh, uh, our faith is not Christianity at all. Jesus, by his death and resurrection, has won for you intimacy with God. Now go and please him. Show your love for him by honoring what he sees as right and wrong out of sheer love and adoration. That's what the Ten Commandments is all about. A framework, if you like, for intimacy and relationship with a holy God. Wonderful. Actually, all close relationships are like that. They are. The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. The ten, just, I've just bigged this thing up, haven't I? And anyhow, the Ten Commandments provides us with a framework for intimacy with God, for growth in God, for understanding Him much, much more. That's, that's, what, our, that's what the first of our four R word, words, our Isaiah 61 vision statement is all about, isn't it? Receiving Jesus in spirit and truth. Do you see it? Secondly, the Ten Commandments are about freedom in God. What's freedom? Uh, Most people today, without really thinking it through, think freedom is the absence of discipline and truth. It's a world without confinement and constraint. Anything goes. Freedom is something we find and explore for ourselves. The Russian anarchist and political activist Emma Goldman famously wrote in her 1913 article, The Failure of Christianity, she called it. She called the Christian faith the leveler of the human race, the breaker of man's will to dare and to do, an iron net, a straitjacket, which does not let him expand or grow. That's what she said. That's what people actually think of the Ten Commandments, the law of God, Jesus' teaching and direction to us, don't they? But bottom line, you know what? It's just not as simple as that. It isn't. When I was little, I used to play the guitar. I I was quite good at it, actually. I played it to grade seven. Now, a lot of people don't know that. I'm not very good now. If you've ever been to my small group, you'll understand that statement. And Sean points that out to me on a regular basis whenever he gets the opportunity. But in order to get good at the guitar a long, 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 long time ago, I had to limit my freedom. I had to practice, I had to practice, practice, practice. And in order to practice, 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 I actually had to do, I had, not, I had to avoid doing some things that I wanted to do. Because I had to have time to practice. Yeah? Let me give you another example. Every night, we come home and go through the painstaking chore of getting Jesh and Jemima to do their homework. If you're a parent, you'll understand what that is all about. Come on, Jesh, stop jumping on the sofa. Concentrate. Jemima, where have you gone? Come back. Day in, day out. But we do it. We go through it every day because we realize that in order for our kids to have the richer freedom of being able to read and write and be educated, we have to limit their freedom of CBBC and Xbox. 
Freedom always comes in hand with discipline. More than that, freedom also always comes as a result of honoring your design, who you were made to be. That is real freedom. That's life-giving, rich freedom. And that's what uh, God declares here in verse 1. Now, Israel, hear the decrees and laws I'm about to teach you. Follow them so that you may live and may go and take possession of the land the Lord is giving you. Through the right restrictions, through obedience and discipline, God guides us and shapes us into a greater freedom. Freedom with Him, life to the full, eternal life, rich life. Leviticus, I'm sure a lot of you read Leviticus. Leviticus 27, 8 says, Consecrate yourselves and be holy, because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. That's what Leviticus 27 to 8 says. Wow. You know what? The guys who, have been, who would have read Leviticus at that time would have been knocked off their seats by that promise. We have a God who gives us the blueprint for holiness, yes, a righteous and, uh, for righteousness and godliness, but also a God who dwells in us to see it through, to make it happen. That's who, that's who, who our God is. That's one of his names, actually, Yam, Yahweh Makadesh, the Lord who sanctifies you who makes you holy. Jubilee, our holiness doesn't depend on us. It depends on Him, our God. Look, for those of you who know me, I'm really rubbish at DIY. When people start talking about it, it's like Greek to me. My eyes glaze over totally early, and I start looking in other directions. What are you talking about? If you told most uh, of the people here this morning that I was going to become a DIY expert, most of you would probably just laugh, and so would I. I can read the books, that might help. I can practice and practice and practice. That would make me a bit better, I guess, but, it would, but I wouldn't be an expert. However, if a DIY expert were to live with me for the rest of my life, Charlotte isn't a DIY expert. However, if a DIY expert were to live with me for the rest of my life, showing me what to do, every detail, every step, you, uh, you know what? That would probably do it. Eric would be out of business because I'd be better than him. As Christians, we get, a, we, we get a book, yes. We get the Ten Commandments. We're encouraged to practice and be disciplined. But also, with all of that, we have God, the Holy Spirit, the holiness expert living in us, showing us step by step, empowering us, guiding us through to freedom, freedom to live the lives that we were created for, that works best, that pleases Him, that grows us and our relationship with Him. That's the deal. Jesus promises us in John fourteen sixteen, I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Jubilee, will we get this into our soul once and for all? We need Him. You need Him all the time, every time, in all you do, in all you're called for. It's all about Him, 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 only Him. 
The Bible says he is creating a masterpiece in you, poema, a, a, a work of art. Don't neglect this. Don't get carried away in all your doing, 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 and leave God, Jesus, behind. Pray, fellowship, read, study, slow down, get close, worship, lots. Someone once said, God is into marinating, but we are into microwaving. Slow, slow down. So the, ten, so the Ten Commandments provide us with a framework for intimacy with God. They also show us the right restrictions and constraints and blueprint for a richer freedom in God. This indwelling God sees it, uh, sees it through in us as we get closer and closer to Him. That's what He does. Finally, the Ten Commandments shows us the very heart of God. Deuteronomy 32 verses 3 to 4 says this, I will proclaim the name of the Lord, or praise the greatness of our God. He is the rock. His works are perfect, and, in all, his, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. That's what the Ten Commandments is trying to get across, isn't it? Our God is just and righteous. That is his very nature, his heart. There is no one, nothing, no creature that can, that can pip God when it comes to measuring righteousness and justice and perfection. If you want to know about justice and righteousness, then don't primarily look to the law courts. Don't look to Mother Teresa or Gandhi, very good people. Don't even look to Muhammad or Buddha or the Christian Apostle Paul who were described as good and honorable men in their respective holy books. But in the end, they're just men. We want to know about justice and righteousness. When we want to know about justice and righteousness, surely the person to ask is God. J.I. Packer, a Bible teacher, writes this, Justice and righteousness distinguishes that which is God's heart, and all of his activity results from that justice and righteousness. When Grudem, another Bible teacher, says this, God always acts in accordance with uh, with what is right and is the final standard for what is right. Does this offend you, Jubilee? Because if it does, God need, you need Jesus more. You need to shake out, you need to shake, you need God to shake you out of your pride and self-centeredness. You do. Because morality shaped by you or me is not good enough. It won't stand the test of time. It never does. History always tells us that. Can I just say over these next few weeks, they're going to be tough. God is going to grip your heart with his heart. He's going to challenge you from lots of fronts. He's going to highlight the things that need to change. He's going to shape you and me, mold you, grow you, if you let him. As Kyrian brought... Um, uh, last week, as, he, as Kirian brought Hebrews 12, 1 to our attention last week, she said, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the rest marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be individually pruned. We heard that last week as well. As a church, we're going to be pruned and cut back as Leslie brought John 15 to us. 
Will you, Jubilee, be open to that in the coming weeks? God is going to challenge us about all sorts of things, all sorts of things, pornography, lust, sexuality, greed, giving, generosity, relationships, compassion, pride, self-importance, priorities, decisions, unforgiveness, conflict, and a whole lot more. He's going to make it personal. He's going to be face-to-face. He's going to be hitting us hard over these coming weeks with the truth. And the question is this. The question is this. Will you be the clay on the potter's wheel that allows your maker to mold you? Will you? Will you allow him to write his beautiful heart on your heart more and more? Because that's what these Ten Commandments are about. The Hebrew word for Ten Commandments are actually not commandments in the way we understand commandments, but but the actual literal translation is Ten Words. In fact, let's read them together. Just as an introduction for the coming few weeks. Let's read them out and loud together. I'll set the, set the, um, what, the timing, as it were. And God, let's all read them together. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses them. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Jubilee, these are not just ten warnings. These are not just ten pointers showing how much uh, we need God, how rubbish we are. But rather, they are ten promises from God. As you've read that, you'll have seen it. There are ten promises, an agreement, a covenant which God will, will uphold in your life as you live and breathe His life, His heart, His will in the church and out. He will make us holy from the very inside. Galatians 5.22 says this, But the fruit of the Spirit, the Ten Commandments working in us, God working in us, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Ezekiel 36 says this, And I will put my spirit in you, Jubilee, and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You will be my people, and I will be your God. Promises from God. Jubilee, going back to where we started to end, like the God of Moses, will you allow this same ageless God to break out? and be seen through you? 
Will you let him take you on his Isaiah 61 adventure together? Will you let him unblock the prophetic wells that, he's been, that he has declared to us? Will you let him declare his glory through you, his bride, his wonderful, spotless bride, the church? Will you allow him to write his heart on yours? That is the bottom line. Will you? This is what the Bible says about you. We, all of us, every one of us, are being transformed into his, Jesus' likeness with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. We're going to respond now. Uh, we're going to play a song, actually. Right? We're not going to have the band up. You're very, you're very free, <laughs> free to respond however you want. But I want to ask you, as you listen to this song, you may want to sing it along. It's a new song. You've not heard it. I only heard it the other day. But it got me. And I just want you to either sit down, you can stand, you can worship, you can do whatever you want, you can pray. But I want you to respond to this song and say, Lord, I want you to be my rock. Yeah? Lord, through these Ten Commandments, I want you to strengthen me, to shape me. I pray, Lord God, that you will transform me into everything that you have for me. I pray, Lord God, that my intimacy with you rises, grows, that my closeness with you, as Helen said the other day, we want people to go deeper and deeper into the heart of God. Let's respond to this song. Let's say uh, we're going to play this song. Hopefully it'll work. Techno. Um, and then you ask God. And then we're done. Okay? Then we're done here this morning. But this is a moment between you and God Jubilee. As you read the words, as you sing along, as you worship in your heart, this is a moment between you and God that is going to set you straight for the weeks to come.